Hi Kate, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. It seems to be that time of year where we have this expectation where we're going to slow down a little bit and then reality comes along and it doesn't quite align with the expectations. So me, like lots of other people and you, I'm guessing, are super busy at the moment. Yes. Yes, looking forward to breaking as well, though. Yeah, one of the things that, that fascinates me is that there seems to be with this, I have this expectation that I'm going to slow down because it's that kind of time of year. And then I'm busier because I'm just busier, but I feel more tired. So I hear people talking about the fact, oh, I'm really worn out and I can't, can't wait to get some time off. And I wonder if they are really worn out or whether there's a bit of an autopilot program running. Yes, I actually, it's, it, I can feel that myself because I've been running that program. I mm -hmm. just need to get to the middle of the next week and then I can relax because I'm, I'm, you know, it's the end of the year, I'm exhausted. I'm definitely running that program in my head at the moment. And, and that's fascinating because, of course, we, where, where we put our attention is where we put our energy. Mm. Of course it is, you know, yeah. you can't get one without the other. So if all of our energy is focused on being exhausted, yeah, well then we're feeding the exhaustion. So guess what we feel? Yeah, more tired because I definitely is that program's been running. Yeah. And then every day I'm like, oh, I'm even more tired today. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, <laughs> you know, if you, if you overlay that with time and, yeah. and time... When there is some anxiety around and, and here the anxiety is about, will I get through it all in time to stop or will I have to do it after I'm supposed to have stopped and then I'll be in my time and the story runs at a million miles an hour. And that creates a bit of residual anxiety in the, in the mind and into the body. Well, it, it just kind of derails us completely, doesn't it? You know, you put anxiety into the picture and stress into the picture and then I, don't only put in the, the whole how much work have I got to do. Mm. I overlay it with how much time have I got. Mm. Oh God, I don't have enough time. And we kind of set ourselves up to fail, for which we then beat ourselves, based on the time that's available, which of course is as much time as we give it. Mm. The amount of work to do, which is of course something that we define. And we like to blame everybody else, but in reality we define it. And then how tired I am. I mean, it's a perfect storm, really, isn't it? It is. And that ability to create that often happens before the event has taken place. So let me give you an example here. So uh, I, I often, because of the hypnotherapy work I've done in the past, I often deal with people who are afraid of flying or seasick or whatever. And, and someone reminded me the other day of just how many people feel seasick before they've even stepped foot on the boat. Mm -hmm. And you think, what's that all about then? You, you are, here you are on the dock, not moving, and already you're feeling seasick while well, it's anticipation. Another way of putting that is that I am foretelling the future. I have my crystal ball out, and I know, because I've been on a boat before, that the minute I step foot on there, I'm going to feel sick. And because I know that intellectually in my brain, my brain 
sends that knowledge into my body, my body has an emotional response, which says, okay, so we're feeling seasick. That means my temperature needs to increase. My stomach needs to churn a little bit. I need to have that diesely smell. I just kind of need to feel a bit out of sorts with myself. And I send the message back up to my brain, which is, hey, we're feeling seasick. And the brain goes, oh, we must be at sea. Oh, I know what to do when we're at sea. And it reinforces the feeling in the body. And before you know it, instead of the, the brain running the show, the body's running the show because it's got this overwhelming feeling of being seasick. Mm. And, and when the body runs the show, well, it runs whatever show it ran before because it's just got memory. And because the brain is so good at assimilating emotion, it believes the body. So it stops looking for reality and it believes the body. So the body is really running the show until eventually it runs out of momentum. But when it's in full momentum, it blinds us and we really believe that we're feeling seasick. And, and I'm wondering if the same process is happening when we think about tiredness at this time of year because we've been through Christmas before and you know there are those expectations from a work point of view because we have to finish everything before Christmas yeah why is that <laughs> because you know what the, the world still spins on its axis and we are still coming back to work or whatever yeah. after Christmas and for some people after Christmas is pretty close to after the 25th yeah and we, we set ourselves this impossible task, we fail, but then we also set the expectation that everything is going to be amazing at home. Yeah. Or wherever we are, whatever the festivities are going, they're going to be amazing. Everyone's going to have a wonderful time. And then you take that apart and you think, well, hold on a minute. There's people involved here. We don't, we can't, at this stage, we're not even really in control of ourselves because we've just let our body run the show instead of our brain. Well, how on earth do we think we're ever going to control everybody that's around us? Mm. So we set ourselves up and, and because we can see that control slipping away and then we reinforce with the body emotion because we know what slipping away control feels like. You know, that happened when I was six and I, I remember it happening when I was 18 and, oh, remember what happened when I was 25 in work and yeah. I've been reliving that one every day for the last 20 odd years. So I'm really up close and familiar with that. I'm, I'm there. Mm. Nothing to do with reality. I wonder why we do that to ourselves. Because mm. we could just notice and let go. Because it's not just individual either. It's collective. So then <laughs> the individual is fed by the collective. Yes. So what, over the last few years, I've opted out of Christmas in the UK and have spent my Christmases in Southeast Asia. And Christmas only starts like two days before Christmas there. It is kind of over pretty much after Boxing Day. It doesn't really exist in the same way. Whereas here we begin, what was it, middle of October, I think I started to see Christmas. I couldn't quite, having been out of that for this, you know, for a few years, it was like, wow, okay, it starts now. So what I noticed, I'm noticing, what is it, the, we're only early-ish, mid-December now while we're recording this, that I mean, it feels like Christmas is tomorrow because yes. we've been prepping for it for so long. So there's also this collective mind. 
and inevitably that, that collective yeah. mind and i really want to circle back on that 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 collective mind builds up an expectation yes it does because you've got all of that energy focused on something yes which creates a, a, a false expectation yes which is also fed by things like social media yeah absolutely their christmas trees up on the first of december i was like we've still got 25 days everyone oh it's big yeah. it's really begun <laughs> yeah and, and and some of the what was really interesting was that some of the the political shenanigans like i can't think of a better word <laughs> yeah, political way. shenanigans yeah um when they were interviewing people for for their opinion yeah a, a lot of the response was well isn't it a shame at this time of year well why is this time of year any different to any other time of year you know have we not got things <laughs> mixed up from a from a time point of view here? yeah you know so there's all sorts of things that that seem to come in and control us yeah and we lose we lose the separation of of, of being aware of what i'm doing to create it and to kind of circle back on that i would like to introduce the concept of a thought storm that's catchable Ooh. and first of all let me explain what i mean when you look at um scanning the the thinking so we we know that when we have thoughts they're energy we can see them on an fmri as as energy and when we push out energy there has been plenty of evidence to support that we can actually push it out to about nine meters around us. So there's some really interesting statistics yes. on that. I, I read, um, I'm very into the field. Yes. I call it our field. Our field around us. Yes. And it, and it was denied for a long time. And then the scientists came along, thankfully, and they scanned it and they proved that it existed. Yes. Now, if I'm pushing out really good stuff, and other people are wandering into my field. It's almost like a magnetic field. Let's, let's think of it as a magnetic field. Yeah. Well, then people will, you know, pick up those uh, attractive elements from my field. But if I'm at this time of year with a head full of expectations, um, a head full of fear from failure, not being good enough at work, not being good enough at home, mm. having set targets that are un unachievable, and with my energy focused on being tired. Mm. And other people walk into my field instead of feel good factor, mm. they're now picking up some anxiety. And whereas historically it would have been probably written off as groupthink, so culture must be culture because we can't we don't have anything else to blame because we can't see anything else. I am actually wondering how much power we're just giving away when we're not aware of what we're doing and what the impact of other people is. And if we are very self-serving and, and, and unself-aware, if we go back into that corporate world that I work in, mm. we may well be creating an environment that prevents the people from delivering and, and performing at their best. We start to see an increase in ill health. Yeah. And actually the one thing I bring home to me is my worst fear. I was having a conversation earlier this morning with somebody who was talking about the fact that their boss has become super controlling and wanting to know every piece of detail, even though that's not their area of expertise. 
and, and this person is is a senior person and really knows his stuff that and what what is that control all about or well, that's about that fear of non-delivery well by putting that level of control in creates mistrust and uncertainty with the recipient and makes them more likely to fail in whatever it is they were going to do so we've got kind of got this this wonderful circular piece yeah i, I can't i can't find a, a better selection of, of words and, and of course in reality nothing's changed yeah another day it's a you know we happen to have some time off but there'll be a day after that yeah and nothing really changes yeah and it's not like we don't have it every year at this time no. of year so you'd think we'd have figured some of that out already but we still end up in this um yeah this this cluster of crazy don't we <laughs> and we don't do it in the same way at the other big religious based festival that that dominates us at easter no it is just this one there is there is something that we have created yes that says for this one everything has to be perfect but it but in our culture here in this side of the world like you said it's not like it in other parts no nope. but it kind of comes and goes and they really only do it because we're there and they're doing yeah. it for us yeah yeah but and i'm sure they have their equivalents yeah absolutely yes but it's just interesting that what what results from something that has the intention of creating joy love joy. I have be merry above my fireplace right now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Christmas And> bunting. <laughs> yeah and, and you'll see that you'll see those words everywhere yeah what we create is, yeah. is close in a lot of cases to people's worst nightmare we don't perform yeah. at work we don't perform at home and we spend lots of money we spend lots of money that we can't necessarily afford because we have this need to demonstrate value and the only way I can demonstrate value is by spending a fortune yeah. and it becomes really personal. So I not only spend a fortune, I then watch you to make sure that you just love that more than anything else. Yeah. And if I see a little hint of you might not like it, well, I failed again. Yeah. It's and then that's the expectation as yeah. well. Yeah. Weaved in. Oh. Yeah so tricky isn't it yeah the thing that's running in my head is that song it's the most wonderful time of the year <laughs> yeah. and of course the intention and the innocence yeah of that. yeah well, let's go it is is that it is the most wonderful time of the year but actually isn't every day wonderful mm. well it can be if we decide to make it and, that, and that's the thing about where we put our energy and it it just reminds me of something else I, I heard a really a really lovely way of stress being described using the animal kingdom uh, as the kind of basis for the descriptor and it, and it talks about the fact that you know when the when the stress is on there are really only three core elements that uh, uh, someone who's in a stress situation can can respond to and it's driven from a need to be absolutely selfish selfish as in solely focused on the self mm. 
and it was delivered with a, a, an analogy and, and the, the story that I'm going to use is a zebra on the plains of Africa, which kind of feels appropriate for me at the moment. Mm. And when a zebra's on the plains of Africa, and let's just have one zebra for now before I introduce the herd or, or the team in the company. So let's just have one zebra and, and there it is doing its zebra type thing and a lion pitches up. Now the zebra was very chilled until the lion pitched up and then it's into instant stress. And instant stress, as I said, means being selfish. So when, we, when the zebra is being selfish, where does it put its attention? Where does it focus all its energy? Well, number one, it focuses on its body. And it does this really quick body scan because it needs to look after its body because if it doesn't have its body, it is no more. The second thing it really focuses on is its environment. You know, where am I standing and, and where is a safe place to protect me from the lion? And then the third thing it focuses on is time. How much time have I got this to get this body to a safe place so I don't get eaten by the lion? And when you map that into the human world, well, we see the same thing. So mm -hmm. when people have anxiety and this time of year delivers that anxiety, we focus very much on the body. What do, what, you know, do I look good enough? You know, has my hair been done? Um, you know, do, do, am I wearing the, the right clothes? You know, what, what are people thinking about me? Do I look good enough? Yeah. We then focus on the have and don't have because I define myself materialistically at that point. So, you know, if I drive a big car, I live in a big house, I give expensive gifts. Well, does that make me look a better person? Mm. And we set ourselves these unrealistic time targets. Mm. And then we run around, run around and run around. And of course, in the animal kingdom, when the body starts to control the brain instead of the brain controlling the body, we end up with a situation where you get really tired very quickly. And if the lion's patient enough, it just needs to sit there, wait. And when the zebra is really worn out, it can just go and get it. Kind of almost gets handed to it on a plate. Now, if that's happening in a team, particularly if you've got some thought transference and some energy transference going on. Yeah. Well, actually, now we've got a herd of zebras running around in silo. And we have got a lion that's going to get very fat very, very soon. Because if he just moves occasionally and kind of languishes around and they become very selfish and they lose track of reality, well, they'll just run round and round and round until they fall over and then he can go and eat them. Mm. And that's exactly what we are seeing in the workplace. They run round and round and round and then they fall over. And by fall over, I, I, I mean either... We end up in a situation where we get a cold. Now, how many people get ill at Christmas? Cold, flu, laryngitis, whatever. Yeah. Or they go out and they overindulge and they do something that they would never do normally when that, you know, and they end up injured in hospital. Whether it's too much alcohol or they're out too late and they're just too tired and, and they become distracted and, you know, they walk into something or they fall over or, or they, yeah. If we were but aware, Kate, that that's how it works. Now, you can't stop a car that's rolling down a hill at full speed because it will flatten you. But if you catch the car before it's got that level of momentum, you can stop it and turn it around. So perhaps during this period, if we became a little more aware 
and at those points of anxiety just looked for a moment of satisfaction so that we create some distraction well then maybe we could make this a wonderful time of the year Thank you.